Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne. And I'm with a very special guest who's based in London, Martino Gamper, who you've probably heard of him. Uh, he has an exhibition in Melbourne at the moment at the RMIT Design Hub, curated by Fleur Watson, and it's 100 chairs in 100 days. I went to see it yesterday, and wow, what a fabulous exhibition. And it's just... Look, it just, it's humorous, it's delightful, it's quite seductive. Welcome to Melbourne. Thank you. Martino, um, you studied furniture initially in Murano, and then you went to the Academy of Fine Art in Vienna to study sculpture. So there's obviously that sculptural element coming out in your chairs. Why change direction? Why not just stay... In sculpture, um, what led I you to think, furniture? Um, I actually didn't study design or furniture making. Yeah. I, I did an apprenticeship. Right. So basically, I, I at the age of fourteen had left school um, and uh, had the choice: either go into college um, or learn a job, learn a, tr- a craft, trade. trade. And uh, I think I choose to. I uh, was very. I very, very much like using my hands, so I opted for the for the apprenticeship, and that lasted five years. So I, I had kind of the, I learned the skill for craft for trade, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to explore obviously the more artistic side of it. And uh, actually, I I, I tried to um, do two courses in Vienna. I did uh, the sculpture. Yes. And they designed at the same time. Uh-huh. And after one year, I, I kind of stopped sculpture and uh, continued with design. And so um, I was kind of trying both worlds. And um, I had a very interesting teacher at the time in sculpture. It was Michelangelo Pistoletto from the Arte Povera movement. Um, a very um, charismatic, very strong kind of um, yeah, persona. But um, I felt like that um, design, I could express myself better somehow than in sculpture. And then you moved to London and you studied at the Royal College of Art in London and you had teachers, we were just discussing the very prominent Ron Arad Mm -hmm. and you said he was just the most wonderful teacher. Yeah. Um, What was it about, so you, you thought... Did you actually choose Ron to mentor you, or he, you um, were just fortunate to have Ron as a teacher? It's actually interesting because when I started in Vienna, then I mean, I chose then design course. Um, my then professor was Matteo Thun, who is one of the members of the Memphis movement. Maybe not so known in Australia. He's more of an architect. He um, he's got less um, less pieces maybe out there that, that we know, but he's very he's a very successful designer and architect in Italy. Well, still working? Still working, yes. And uh, he was one of those young guys who were hanging out around at Sozzas, like Michele De Lucchi, like Andrea Branzi. So he was, they were the young kind of uh, kids who were hanging out next to 60-year-old Ettore Sozzas who right. founded Memphis Design back in the 80s. So anyway, so he was my professor, and um, he wasn't really much around. He was more in Milan. Mm-hmm. Even though he was a professor in Vienna, he was more in his studio. But Ron was also teaching there in the parallel class. And uh, so I kind of just popped into Ron's lectures and classes. And eventually he kind of adopted me then, there, in his class. And uh, 
And then I went to Milan actually to work for this Matteo Thun guy in his studio. Mm-hmm. And eventually decided I want to actually move to London, do a master. And then Ron did the same and moved also back to London. So we mm-hmm. kind of met both at the Royal College. And I think, like, what are you doing here? How was, uh, Martina, how was Ron an influence on your earlier work? I was very influenced because Ron um, is a very, very curious person. He wants to to know exactly why you're doing certain things, you know, what, what reason. And it really gets you to um, to go into the, into the deep, into the kind of um, bottom of things, you know. He wouldn't let you off with uh, a simple comment or a simple kind of statement. He wants to know. He's he's curious, and I think he also um, created an interesting environment of other teachers. You know, the people that he he got to college to uh, teach with him. I mean, his tutors. They were all interesting practitioners. I mean, there was Constantine Grinchich there, Jasper Morrison, Michael Marriott, Sebastian Byrne. Um, um, there was all kind of people out there. Um, you know, teaching. And that was a great environment to be. So, what year did you graduate again? In two thousand. Two thousand. And what were you thinking of after two thousand? You obviously, obviously, you know, every college um, is a bit of a um, kind of world in itself. Once you leave, you realise actually the, the reality is is work. <laughs> yeah, it's work. There's not a reality outside. It's a fresh wind outside, and you know, so you. I think um, I realized again that I had to rely on my hands making things. So initially I was basically making furniture for people, you know. Customized. Customized, bespoke, bespoke yeah, but not that amazing in a way. It was kind of earning money. Mm-hmm. So I was becoming a, a, cap, a cabinet maker again. Mm-hmm. Obviously trying to add my creative touch to it. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, you know, I had to pay Copies my rent. Of- I had to pay my rent. Uh, people need this bookshelf, you know. Um, so, but that was interesting as well. It, it made me rely again on my skills and made me um, reconnect as well with my past in a way. Yeah. And uh, I realized there was a little bit of a kind of gap or niche in London that people could uh, design and make. And uh, industry wasn't that big in the UK anymore in terms of manufacturing, in terms of really skilled kind of well, craft. Um, Martina, what, what was your early work like? How would you? How do you see your early work? I did a project when I was at the Royal College about corners. So I was interested in this um, idea: of the corner being somehow between the furniture and the architecture, the corner of a room, t- totally underused. Um, three planes meeting X, Y, Z. Mm. Space um, that isn't used usually. Space that isn't used. Um, problematic, but at the same time offers a lot of kind of uh, spatial. Of, um, potential so they, they did my degree show was eight pieces because eight corners in the room did the lighting the loudspeaker the sofa the bench so you treated the ceilings corners as well yes yeah and um for me that was somehow creating a corner for myself as well in my practice so i mm-hmm. kind of create the niche and i've always been interested in in the niche in that sense in that corner to establish my own little corner mm-hmm. Uh, where I could then be creative and, you know, and uh, so, yeah, my little world in a way. So from that, from those eight designs, from the eight corners, did you develop some of those designs? Or um, you just... Yeah, some of them were were developed, um, manufactured, um, some were um, 
didn't go anywhere and still have them. <laughs> Probably but incredibly it, valuable. But it, it, it kind of caught the imagination of some curators and some people that commissioned me to do an exhibition for the British Council that was then called the, the Book Corner. So I basically designed um, an interior that would travel around the world with books, about a few thousand books. And we went to very interesting places that didn't have so much access to design books. Or it wasn't just design, it was um, anything that was published or designed in the UK in the last mm. 10, 15 years. Mm. And, um, but again, it was an interesting set of furniture that I could create there. So when I read in uh, 2007 was really the start when you started collecting furniture and making this yeah. start of the 100 chairs in 100 days. It's interesting, Martina, because it was almost the time we started, not just in your mind, but probably worldwide, people started reassessing junk, as they call it. Mm -hmm. That whole distressed, recycled, mm -hmm. became quite popular. So it was amazing timing as well. Yeah, it actually started a lot earlier. I mean, it was um, with a friend of mine called Rainer Speil, who was a fellow um, student of mine at the Royal College. Um, we were asked to participate in the village fete at the Victoria Art Museum. They had a yearly village fete mm -hmm. where young designers and um, would be invited to have a stall and, and to entertain mm -hmm. you know, people. So some people would make stuff, some people would um, print T-shirts and sell them or other... Mm -hmm. But it obviously had to be a certain standard at the V&A. Yeah, but it was very. It was. Um, it was um, very much about also, you know, like a village fate. It's never that perfect, you know. There's always there's all kinds of things. There is uh, the craft as well. The craft as well, you know. And uh, but it was it was very much um, letting loose as well. To the kind of from from your daily kind of design um, dogmas in a way, and, yeah. and 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 do something that yeah would um, entertain people. So me and my friend, we decided we're going to make furniture and we're going to collect all this junk from the street. That was 2002. Yeah. All this junk from the street and we would then um, make furniture and we call it furniture while you wait. So it's a bit like, you know, while you wait there, we make a piece of furniture, chair. Mm -hmm. So they would choose the pieces that they like and then we would just screw it together, cut it. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and so that was kind of the start of the whole thing. Yeah, and then we we sold them very cheap, you know, yeah. twenty twenty kind of pounds, you know, chair. Yeah. But it was junk, so it was free, so it was fine, and yeah. you know. And then the year after, um, obviously, health and safety stepped in because we lose kind of you know power tools, and yeah. I actually managed to drill into my finger, I fainted, and then and then next year, health and safety, you know, stepped in, no more power tools. So we made them beforehand. But then did a cooking event where we cooked for people. And then we couldn't do that again. Health and safety step <laughs> in the year after no, no cooking and, and flames you know, um, allowed anymore. So, But at that time, people have kind of recognized that, that we did this thing and invited us to do exhibitions. And uh, so we started collecting loads of stuff. So that's why I started collecting chairs, always chairs when I found them. And you've mentioned a few times, you know, chairs represent... So many things, they're functional, uh, his sense of the human touch, you know, you yeah. can, you, the body interacts yeah. with them. It, it's, it's basically living sculpture, yeah. you know, you're always interacting with it. Yeah. So when you're going out to, to look for chairs, what are the things that, you know, there's so many chairs and 
most people would walk past most of the stuff on hard rubbish day. What are the things you tend to gravitate towards? Um, I've become a lot more choosy now. <laughs> it used to be anything. It was kind of one leg, two leg, you know, three leg. Even just parts of furniture I would collect. Um, because we, do, we were working that way and, you know, we always needed material. But um, I'm I'm interested as well now to to see that how much I can learn about those who design history. Certain chairs have a history, and trying to find out who designed them actually. So you obviously you'd be much more um, yeah selective uh, selective, and you'd be much more excited about discovering an Eames plywood chair mm, on a hard rubbish dump. Yeah, Eames, you know, but Eames we know the story, yeah, yeah. so it'd be more interesting to see something particular that's maybe. You know, Melbourne designed and made, Australian made, you know, to get a bit of history of, of the manufacturing as well. Right. So I'm a lot more interested now to find out um, who designed it, where were they manufactured, what time, and kind of try to understand the, the context of, of that particular piece. You know? So getting back to the exhibition, which is pretty extraordinary, I really suggest people uh, go and have a look at this wonderful exhibition. Each chair you could spend several minutes in front of. I noticed most of the chairs, or a lot of them, are kind of two very distinctive chairs fused into one. You don't usually throw three chairs into one. Usually it's two, isn't am I correct? A lot of time it's two, yeah. I mean, some of them are actually three or four as well. I mean, as it's an example, just... I think people can't see, the, you know, need to see it, but you had a, one of the great chairs in the exhibition is a garden chair, a plastic garden chair that I'm sure everyone has in their back garden, and you've treated it as if it's something quite special. <laughs> you've, you've, Martina, you've covered it in this beautiful golden suede. Yeah. So you've really elevated it several notches. So that gives you an idea. But how do you kind of come to these? Well, always, these I mean, ideas? Uh, the problem with those garden chairs is they, they're actually very comfortable, some of them. You know, they're mm. actually not badly, mm. badly designed in a way. I mean, they might be ugly and hideous. They are. They don't last. But, um, you know, what do you get for five dollars, or well, I don't know how much they cost here. Five pounds, and mm. you know, you buy a plastic chair. They give you a lot of comfort for mm. s for a certain amount of time. They just ugly. They ugly, and uh, they feel kind of sticky, you know. And so I thought, well, if I added some quality material quality to it, like a nice suede leather, like slightly bit padded, it would give you a bit more comfort, and it would age nicer as well. The leather would age, so. In the inside where you sit, you have that quality, and the outside is still a plastic chair. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I guess I tried to improve sometimes chairs as well. I mean, it wasn't just cutting them up, but it was also somehow taking them taking them further and um, adding something, fixing them. But fixing also meant mending. Also was about kind of adding something to it, not just bringing it back to its original state, but I think... That's something very important in my work, and I think um, I think it should be done more. I mean, we should fix things, but fix things creatively, and you know, adding things to it, qualities to it, not just fixing them. Martino, a lot of the chairs, you know, they're beautiful to look at, but they're not always there to be sat on. They all have been sat on, and uh, when I when I made them, I set them all of them to make sure they kind of have that quality of actually because there's one chair with your bicycle seat yeah. on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't look like it's particularly comfortable well, you know on a bicycle is it quite a, quite a long time 
no, I mean they're they're not there to to manifest themselves as the the, the um, kind of most comfortable and also most ergonomic chairs, but we're all different, you know, in terms of our physiognomy. So there isn't a chair that works for all of us. First of all, our daily routines are different, you know. We, we eat on some chairs, we work on some chairs, we lounge on some chairs, we read on some chairs. So that's already a very different kind of use of a chair. Mm -hmm. And we have different bodies. I mean, there's nothing, you know, they, we are all different. We are short, tall, slim, um, not so slim. You know, we are, we have all kinds of bodies. I mean, bodies are quite extraordinary in the world. Yeah. So I think, for me, those chairs represent also bodies and characters. And, uh, Do you envisage the type of person who will sit on a chair when you're designing, or that's just not really part of no, the equation? No, I mean, a, a kind of a character, not a, not a particular person. person. I mean, you know, but there is a character out there. But it was very interesting when I first showed the chairs in London. People could sit on the chairs. And um, a man came to me and said, I have to tell you something. I've, I have a big problem with my back. I had an operation, had an accident, had an operation. And this is the first chair that makes me feel not comfortable, he said, that makes my body feel, um, um, how do we word it? Makes my body feel I'm actually um, not... In pain? Not in pain. Because he said comfort is the worst for my body. A comfortable chair makes my, my muscles relax and actually it's the worst for us. So it's actually contradiction, this idea of comfort actually contradiction because the chair is most comfortable. At the worst. Actually worse for our posture. Yeah. They make us kind of slum and they make us kind of but relax even, ourselves. We think it's comfortable but it's actually worse for our body. So it's, it's, it's a contradiction, right? Uh, but Martino, the sad thing is that gentleman couldn't buy that chair because they're not for sale. Yeah, they're just it's it's one of those exhibitions that travels the world, and as it, with each city, one chair is taken out and it retired in a sense. Yeah. It's a bit like couture, you know, you uh, you yeah. retire a piece, you put it in storage, and then you add a new one that relates to the context of the next city. Now, with the design hub. Uh, you were, had workshops with students, but you also would have collaborated with Sean Godsell, who's yeah. the architect of the um, design hub. That must have been very interesting because I imagine Sean had very specific ideas about what constitutes the right chair for this building. Um, yeah, actually, I used one of the chairs for the, for the 100 chair. I actually, it was a broken one mm -hmm. that I then re-elaborated and made it into a new chair. Um, I think the building is challenging, you know. The building is yeah. challenging, also for the exhibition. Yeah. But I think we found the we found the deal with Fleur. I think we found a um, a good way of using the gallery spaces in a very simple way, and uh, I think it's quite a yeah. Mad Martina, how does the collaboration work with someone like with Sean? You know, I mean, you're obviously responding to his building. Uh, but does he get involved in the design no. process? Not at no, all? No, no. He's not part of that? No. I mean, uh, uh, not for the exhibition, no. Right. Um, um, yeah. So it's move, it'll, this exhibition, which is currently on, will be moving to hopefully New Zealand? Yes, there's an there's a open call to New Zealand. <laughs> Please take it <laughs> to, to uh, yeah, uh, New Zealand. Um, 
yeah, I I've, I hope the exhibition will be will be traveling um, to m- many more places. I mean, it's already been in um, Milan, it's been in Germany, it's been in France in the Le Corbusier Church mm-hmm. in San Francisco, in Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting as well, Athens, because it was just prior to the big crisis. I mean, there was already a crisis looming there. It was just prior to that really kind of big kind of um, yeah economic, economic collapse. collapse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that makes you kind of aware that people in Athens, uh, it's not a lifestyle choice to pick up rubbish from the street. It's a, it's a way of surviving, you know? Mm. You know, oh, mm. broken chairs, broken furniture. Mm. Actually, there aren't yeah. that many on the street because yeah. there isn't, you know, that so much to be... So what do you do? So, you know, I, I've, I've found chairs, but it makes you aware that, that that project has a very different kind of meaning in, in Athens. Than it is in Melbourne. Melbourne, for example. And, and that's interesting, you know, that, again, the socioeconomic and, um, kind of um, aspect of that, of the orals of the exhibition, changes. And uh, yeah. So the Melbourne chair, how would you describe that? Um, so it's a mix of a um, design hub stuck in chair, <laughs> um, the legs. Um, the seat itself is made from from um, wood offcuts from the design workshop mm-hmm. um, and the back is, is a mix again of the um, stacking chair and um, a office chair from I guess the last 20th century that came from um, it was Williamstown wasn't it? Williams, yeah, from a, from a church yeah. so it was a very interesting spring mechanism that you could regulate and and give you kind of back support on this what we call we call an office chair now at that time it would probably be a working chair yeah. for typing or for writing. Martina, um, your work's in major museums around the world. It must be with those hundred chairs that are currently at RMIT. It, you must get calls regularly from curators saying, "Look, Martina, we've just seen this." you know, wonderful piece, it might be number 85 or 87 or the one that looks like, you know, uh, Darth Vader, you know, we want it. How difficult is it to say, no, you can't have it, it's forming part of this travelling exhibition? Because a lot of people would say, look, take it and I'll just do an extra couple in in the evening. Yeah, I've been very tempted many times and um, um, actually I tried it once Um where the hundred chairs were travelling and um, someone really wanted to have one exhibit for an exhibition. Mm. And it's the Olympia chair, the red polyprop chair with some toenail rings at the bottom. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. I somehow had yeah. some more bits left and I did one mm. that went into the exhibition. felt very bad about it because it was cheating in a way. Yeah. And it's now in my home. I would never sell it. <laughs> And I realized there was one too. There was one too many. You know, it was it was gone. You know, it didn't work. It doesn't. I think it. Um, once you start doing that, then it, the whole thing just collapses in a way. I mean, you know, it it, it loses its strength. And uh, the uh, other thing is, uh, Martino, you don't just you know if you just you couldn't survive on just doing this exhibition. You have um, uh, quite a lot of commercial products. You you do as well from glassware to. Uh, objects to home homewares to uh, little stalls. So how does that kind of work together? It must be very like do you just put on different caps and then you know think oh this is my commercial world this is my uh, exhibition space. Um, 
No, I mean, I, I, I tried right at the beginning um, when I, you know, was a young graduate. When I, when I made furniture for a living in a way, you know, and they didn't really have my name on them. This furniture was just kind of utilitarian. It's a furniture. At that time, I struggled because I then wanted to create free time to be do my own work. But then I realized it's, it was kind of not working either, you know. Um, so I think at one point I realized it's just my work, it's just me. And some of it is more commercial in a sense, and it obviously pays for my bills, and you know. But others um, informs my work, others kind of... So for me, it's, it's all one now, and uh, mm. they kind of work nicely together as well, I think. In some, I'm, I'm more free to experiment and others I, mean, I have quite clear constraints and that's also good sometimes so I enjoy the variety of it and, and enjoy like um, doing one-off pieces as commissions and enjoy like the plastic stool that um, I designed I manufacture or have a manufacturer in the UK and we distribute that directly mm -hmm. actually distribute also I actually made um, a New Zealand version as well mm -hmm. So produced in New Zealand, mm -hmm. um, so it's also a little bit of uh, entrepreneurship. I think it's also very important in in design world that it's not just you design um, beautiful chairs and objects, but it's also you have to design your own practice, mm -hmm. and that also goes for designing your own um, practice to survive. <laughs> you know, to make it into something commercial. Yeah. Well, commercial. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, an you know, entrepreneur. You know, you have yeah. to be. Um, understand also that um, what things kind of how economy works to, to a certain way and I think that's interesting as well because mm -hmm. I don't think the commercial bit or the economy takes anything away I think it creates more possibilities I think um, Martin I think uh, before we wrap up I mean so many designers focus on the chair and you know I've heard many people say do we really need another chair <laughs> what's your answer to that I think we do. I think um, I think we do because I think we've gone a little bit off off message in a way. I think uh, I think there are far too many chairs out there that cost too little. Um, you know, if you can buy a chair for thirty dollars, or I mean less, mm. I mean how long you really expect it to last? So then the chair breaks, and you buy another one. And it keeps on going, and in 10 years, you may, you know, you've gone through... So we've got state. too many average chairs out there. Yeah. I think we've got too many average chairs that... Say nothing. Say nothing. Um, and they don't, you know, in, in 50 years' time, they will. They are basically, I mean, they've got no message. Yeah. No character. Also, it was interesting, when I made the 100 chairs, by take, taking on those chairs that had very little message, they weren't really much fun to play with. Yeah. They weren't particularly fun. There was nothing there. There was no hidden essence. secret. There was nothing. There was just poor designed, and you kind of go like, okay, it's some some legs and, and a shell. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, like also the material quality of it. Yeah, and I think that's a good, um, I think, good um, point. I think that if it's if you can't do anything with it afterwards, it means it's probably not not the, much there in the first place. The the other thing. Um, Martino is, I'd have to say, with all the um, chairs that you've designed, yeah. there's that wonderful element of humour, and it is humorous. Yeah. You've really put some interesting things 
and express this delightful kind of quirky uh, sensibility. Mm. Have we become too serious about design? I mean, do you think um, we should put a lighter feel in? Yeah. And are people warming to that? Yeah, I think it. Uh, design needs a variety. I think, and then I think, you know, it's about the plurality of things. And I think I wouldn't want to see that design becomes gimmicky. There, there is a word that that's yeah. very gimmicky. Yeah. You know, I think it's a subtle line. I think with you know, uh, humor is a subtle line. You know, it's, some people get it, some people don't get it. So, um, um, but I think we are design world has definitely become too serious, and designers take themselves too serious, including mm. myself. Um, you know, then did they? Um, we it's also a job, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think you, I think you can take yourself seriously, but I think the work should have that element where you look like you're enjoying making yeah, the, I think the chair. I think that's the bottom line. And that comes through. I think that's the bottom line. I think it's it's less about. Um, serious and serious about people enjoying what they do having a pride in what they do and make something that lasts in you know in the world and uh, also you know in 30 40 times people will appreciate it i think that's that's i think what's missing a bit yeah. it's going a bit too fast too shallow and and not enough uh, fun and not enough stamina i think can i ask you one last question martino how many chairs do you have at home Actually, at the moment, only we just moved house, um, and only eight chairs in our house because it's quite a small house. <laughs> uh, but I own a lot more. So uh, they're in storage. I have yeah, hundreds and hundreds of chairs. <laughs> um, look, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Martino, it's been wonderful yeah. and I was very fortunate that the timing just worked with the exhibition. So, look, thanks for coming into the yeah. studio today. Thanks. I'm just going to put in one more thing. that People should go and see Francis Herschel at the MoMA exhibition space, show space. That's Martino's partner. Yes, my wife. Fantastic. Thanks so much for listening. You've been with Martino Gamper and uh, really um, very inspirational to see wonderful, wonderful chairs. You need to see that exhibition if it's the last thing you see. Thank you.